Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. I'm the other dude, Jeff. And dudes, this episode, we're talking about Halloween Ends, a 2002 film. But first, Jeff, what else have you been streaming? All right, so maybe... Maybe everybody has heard of something new that was released in the music industry. I think she goes by the name Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. T-Swift. Maybe Tay-Tay to some. Tay-Tay, uh, yeah. I consider myself one of the odd, rare, middle-aged Swifties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, of course, I was psyched. Her new album uh, released, what, about a week, two weeks ago, a week and a half? So, of course, no, nah, I didn't stay up to midnight. You know, when it dropped, because, you know, I might be a Swifty, but I also have a full-time job and I have to get up early. So, uh, but I, I did check it out during normal business hours. Now, that's not what your text messages say. And because you were texting me about 12.07 and we're just like, oh my gosh, this thing is. And then the fire emojis just filled up my, the rest of my screen. Parker, so- you sh- you should not lie on a podcast. That is, that is, although that's very believable coming from me, but <laughs> uh, now her previous album, I think I was up at midnight, <laughs> but I didn't have to get up early the next day. I do have limitations as I get older. Uh, I, I cannot operate well off a little sleep anymore, but uh, so yeah, I've been, now see, I, I don't know if you're anything like me. Maybe it's because I'm not a musician outside of sixth grade year when I totally rocked the clarinet and uh, but unfortunately gave it up after one year because I didn't like getting teased or carrying my little clarinet case I was a trumpet player in sixth grade okay but uh but no I've always loved music I can kind of fiddle with the keyboard some uh, just because of a lot of stuff I've memorized but uh, so I don't know if it's because I'm not a natural musician so you know I don't necessarily pick up on a lot of things that maybe you know like someone like you or someone that's got a better understanding. Oh, I'm not a musician. <laughs> no, but probably more so than I am. So it's like, I never like a song or an album when I first listen to it. Never. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very, it's very rare that I hear a song and like right off the bat, like, wow, that's going to be one of my favorites for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's new and, you know, I don't understand the meaning of the songs. I need to go back and look at the lyrics. So I haven't really connected with it yet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the first listen through, you know, I'm like, eh, you know, but, you know, as I've listened to it more, it's, it's, it's definitely got, you know, she definitely did good, you know, as as we always expect from Taylor. And, you know, you kind of have to grow along with her because obviously people still kind of look at her as, you know, the Taylor that started when she was like 15 years old. And yeah. But she's 32 now. So obviously she's matured. Her music has matured. Her style has matured. I mean, there's a part of me that still kind of misses, like, the 1989 vibe, yeah. you know, just the fun, poppy, cheery uh, type stuff. So, of course, this album is definitely not that. Uh, it's more just a, an, a very honest, vulnerable just state where she's just brutally honest about, you know, stuff she's going through or her insecurities. Uh, so it's really deep, uh, more on the dark side. But, yeah, I mean, anybody that likes Taylor is going to love this album and, and I would imagine even people that have never given Taylor a chance would, would you know, listen to this um, as their first time giving her a chance and would love the album as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I love when artists grow um, and actually, like, mature with their with their music and do a good job of it. 
I mean, Taylor Swift is like a, obviously a recent example of it. And like Justin Bieber's, you know, kind of is an example of that. And I mean, even Hanson, I don't know if you remember Hanson. Oh, from, yeah. From Mbop. <laughs> but oh, yeah. they, even then, you know, like we made fun of them, but they wrote their own music and, uh, which was kind of crazy for, you know, three teenagers that play their own music, you know, play their own instruments and everything. They wrote their own music and their own lyrics. And then they still actually put music out to this day. And they have like, you know, like they're, I think the youngest one's my age. And, you know, I'm 35. So I forget. So I guess the other older ones are, you know, however old, how, I don't, I don't know. I don't follow them that well, but I do hear their music every once in a while. It pops up on my Spotify, my Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, you know, they're they're still rocking out, dude. They're they're doing pretty good. I, I'll give like Hanson mad respect for sure. Um, so I don't know if you've, I've seen a TikTok trend, not necessarily recently, but you know, in, over the last year, where people like the day I actually listened to the lyrics of Mbop. Yeah, and you actually, you know, because when you're young, it was just like a very catchy tune, but then you right. like you act like you said they at a young age wrote most of their own songs and you actually listen to the lyrics and you're like, wow, that's, that's a pretty deep and, you know, life altering type lyrics in there that, uh, it actually, one of my favorite songs I had to send to you if you hadn't heard it, but it's like a slower stripped down version of Mbop. Really? Love it. It's like, which I've always loved Mbop, just the original. See, I was, I was, um, I mean, I'm, I'm still like this if I can't understand lyrics. But when I was a kid, when I would buy CDs, the first thing I would do would open the book and see if they had the lyrics printed. And I would follow their lyrics on oh, every yeah. song from every, like every song that was on the album. I would just follow their lyrics the whole time and just see like what it's about. And so I could be like, oh, do I relate to this one? And that's how I would always find my favorite songs on every album. And I mean, there's probably songs that I would probably relate to more this day that I just never have actually gone back and listened to because as a kid, I would just find my favorite songs like through the first playthrough and then those were it. And oh, yeah. So like, yeah, as far as like Hanson goes, that was one of them because I mean, I had their, I had their first CD. I'm not going to try to act all cool and say like I was like hate on Hanson when they came out. I was definitely a Hanson fan back then and I bought their first CD and that was one of them. And I was like, oh, these lyrics are kind of cool. So yeah, dude, I was I always felt also felt cool being like one of the few people that was singing the actual words to, to Mbop, which was probably not as cool as I thought I was at the time. But, you know, here we are. That made me into the man, <laughs> the man that I am today. No shame in that. No. Well, speaking of the man you are today, what has the man been streaming lately? All right. So I actually um, am going to bring up something that isn't so creepy, um, I guess. I guess it could be creepy if you're looking at it from how people can be played. Uh, but I'm watching a show or I watched a show called The Mole. They Netflix um, picked this show up. I think it used to be on NBC or CBS or something like that for a couple of seasons. It got canceled, but Netflix Netflix being the streaming service that they are, you know, rebooted something. And it's just so much fun. Each episode, they're trying to, you know, figure out who is the mole, and the mole is with this group of people, and they're he's the mole is trying to prevent them bringing home as much money as possible and sabotage like every mission and all of these things. And 
it, at the end of the episode, the way people get eliminated, they don't get voted off. They they answer questions about who they think the mole is, and the person who gets the most questions wrong gets sent home. So it's never it's never like an elimination type situation like most reality shows. It's all based on the information that you're gathering from the people that you're playing with. And it's super interesting. I, I love those kind of shows. I watched, I think, I mean, I didn't watch it. They, I think they're releasing like one episode a week, which I didn't start watching it until I saw it pop up where it said the final episode. So Netflix did a really bad job of, you know, showing me that because I feel like that's something that I would have gotten sucked into at the beginning. But they popped up with the final episode, I think, the day that it released. And I started watching it and I binged it in like two or three days. And it was it just sucked me in. I was totally hooked. Uh, so I'm not going to spoil about anything on if I found out who the mole was, if I thought about it or not. If you watch the show and you want to reach out to me, feel free. Uh, we can talk about the mole. But yeah, I was totally into it. I hope they make another season. I'm going to be one of those people that that watches it every week. And heck, I might even do my own spinoff podcast for that show if I can't get <laughs> Jeff to watch it with me. Because that's one that we can watch every week. And you'll be forced to watch with us every week. So I mean, maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I might um, be down for that. I, I remember the show when it was on. I don't think I ever watched it. But I remember thinking, that that's that sounds like a pretty fun concept yeah because i always hate those shows where you have to like manipulate people to get get them to vote other people off i always found that so malicious and like evil but there's something about this kind of manipulation where it's like if you can get somebody to just like play themselves it's kind of a fun situation because you know like we have people that are like i'm gonna purposely sabotage the mission so that people think that I'm the mole and us as the viewers, we don't know who the mole is until everybody else does. So it's not like one of those things where, you know, you're in on it the whole season. So like, it also makes it interesting to where you're trying to figure it out with everybody else. And everybody's kind of playing up to the camera, like, you know, like, am I the mole? I don't know. And so it's just kind of so interesting because everybody's just kind of like, am I teasing with everybody else? But they're also like, denying it at the same time like no i would never do that you know like you're crazy so it's it's super it's super fun uh, i'm it's the kind of reality show that i actually enjoy nice yes sir it was super fun you, yeah so you did a little bit more research on this so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of let you take it right here because i know that you did some research and some tidbits and things so yeah, tell me tell me a little bit more about what you know, because I mean, I'm sure your history with Halloween is way a little way more intensive than mine. Oh yeah, I mean, like me and Jamie Lee Curtis, we go way back. We went to yeah. we went to different schools at different times together. Oh yeah, and so she just gave me a lot of cool insight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, actually, you know, it's only fitting that we end the month of screaming with two dudes around Halloween, actually covering. You know, one of the movies that I think really helped launch just the popularity of of horror flicks in general. Definitely um, slashers, one hundred percent. Like, oh there is... yeah. So you know, obviously, you can also mention you know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of played mm -hmm. a role, 
but yeah, the original 1978 Halloween film just, of course, goes down as a classic. Uh, it was great. And so for those that are familiar with it, or maybe even some listeners that aren't, they kind of relaunched a new trilogy in 2018. Uh, The first one just being called Halloween, and then you had Halloween Kills and then Halloween Ends. But what they did is, you know, starting with the one in 2018 just called Halloween, it completely disregards all previous sequels. So it is picky. It recognizes the original Halloween, Mm -hmm. and that's it. So... Everything, and then I think the Halloween in 2018, which was the 11th installment in the franchise. So, of course, the one we're covering, Halloween Ends, would have been the 13th installment. So, so what are your feelings? This has been done before. Halloween's obviously not the first when they kind of, they'll make a new one, but then they disregard, like, either all previous sequels or several of them, or... I mean... What's, with- what's your feelings on that? I feel like it's only done in like horror films, right? Like it's only yeah, done in more horror or less. films. I don't think it's ever been done in anything else outside of horror films. It's so for maybe like animated films where like continue like continuity doesn't matter to a five year old. Yeah, uh, continuity does not matter to a five year old and horror fans apparently. <laughs> yeah, um, because that, that's the only time that ever happens. But I mean, sometimes if it's done right. I enjoy it, um, especially in the case of, you know, something like this where John Carpenter really wasn't involved. I don't think he, I don't think he wrote them. I think he might have produced them, but I don't think he had as much hand in the rest of them after three, right? Yeah, I th- you're probably right on that. Yeah, um, so so I think it was just kind of one of those things where it's like once he has a little bit more. I guess, like, I guess they just didn't feel like they were taken seriously. And I mean, I've seen them and the only one I can even remember is the first one, you know, and the only one I ever felt like worth rewatching was the first one that, as far as I, you know, I go out and I mean, I've watched probably Halloween H2O the most, but that's just because that one came out whenever I was like 13 so well, plus that was the first one, if I'm not mistaken, where they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Um, so of course with this new trilogy, she's the main actor, you know, and character. Mm-hmm. So see, so yeah, I like you said, you see this happen in a lot of horror franchises, and you know, that genre has always proven to be highly profitable. Right. Uh, and like most franchises, a lot of the sequels just aren't that good. So to me, it's usually a smart move, like you said, if done right, to kind of like relaunch it and like forget the previous sequels, because I think it excites the fan base to kind of like go back to their roots and the fan base, especially like with this one, they're going back to the original story. Everybody probably agrees with us. The original was great after that. Not so much, although I thought Halloween 2 was pretty good. So yeah, I, I think it was a smart move. I, I think it, it worked with what they were trying to accomplish and I don't know about you. I was a little late watching the 2018 Halloween. Yeah, um, I was. I was. I maybe it was either last year. I think I did not realize how well it did. It grossed over 200 million dollars. Get this: it's the highest-grossing slasher film in unadjusting dollars, breaking a record held by any guesses? Scream. Scream. 
Yeah. So which we've talked about a number of times. We, we love that one. So I didn't realize, I mean, I, I remember there being a lot of buzz around it. Like you said, they're, they're relaunching it with a new trilogy. So I remember being excited about when I heard, heard it, but I just, it took me a while to still get around to watching it. So, and I was also kind of more intrigued because I knew it was being filmed in places not too far from me. So between the three movies, it was either filmed in Charleston, South Carolina, or Wilmington, North Carolina, or even uh, the Georgia area. Uh, so I, I always get a little bit more interested when I know it's being filmed nearby, because uh, a lot of times when we travel, you know, we like to explore areas that we know we have shows or movies that were filmed there. Now, and we'll get into this more, but it was an interesting fact that I would have never guessed. But one of the major critiques about this last one, Halloween Ends, is that Michael Myers isn't featured enough in his screen time. Screen, not scream. His screen time was very low and limited. Mm-hmm. So his screen time in Halloween Ends was 10 minutes and 55 seconds. However, his screen time in the original 1978 film was nine minutes and 37 seconds. Yeah. I would have never guessed that, uh, which has been a while since I've watched the original, but because um, I went in thinking kind of the same things like, wow, he wasn't really featured a whole lot in Halloween ends as far as what, what you would have expected, but he actually had a little bit more time on this one than he did in the original. So I wonder if they counted the time that he was a child. I have no idea. And I wonder if they also count the times that you, you're seeing through his eyes as well. Yeah. Because they're saying screen time, you know? So I feel like in the original, he might, he might not have been on screen that much, but I feel like there was also a lot that took place, like what we're seeing, because we see a lot of like steady cam with, you know, behind his, you know, behind his, yeah. his eyes or whatever, quote unquote. So I don't know. One last little tidbit, and I'll bring up some other maybe little interesting tips as uh, we like to talk about it more in the recap, but. I didn't notice this when I watched it, but so it just came up when I was kind of reading up on it. The opening credits used a blue font instead of an orange one. There was only one other Halloween that did that. Any guess? Is it Halloween three? It is the season really? of the witch. A, a oh, very nice, a very controversial one. But so, you know, there's a theory that, um, cause we'll talk about it more. Halloween ends was a little different. It wasn't, it was the, didn't follow the, the normal formula that maybe we've seen even in the more recent to Halloween and Halloween kills. So maybe it mm-hmm. was kind of his, his paying homage to Halloween three that was drastically different. <laughs> yeah. So that was a neat little tidbit and, and I'll kind of bring up some other little Easter eggs, maybe if you want to call them that uh, in other parts of the movie. All right. Well, do you want to go ahead and get on into it? Let's do it. All right. We're going to start out on Halloween night, 2019. Uh, We got some two bourgeois parents. They're about to get ready and go out. But first, they're waiting on the babysitter, 21-year-old Corey Cunningham. He's babysitting a young man named Jeremy, who is a righteous little turd and gives Corey, you know, a lot of crap as they're watching, like, horror movies and causing the worst babysitter ever. This kid's terrified of Michael Myers, you know, kind of like, even though he's terrified of Michael Myers, he's, you know, 
basically saying like, you know, Michael Myers doesn't kill kids. He kills the babysitter. Yeah. And just really antagonizing. Uh, Which, was it Corey. just me? Was it just me or did like, I'm like, this guy's supposed to be 21. Right. It's he, like, you, you, he looks like 40. You couldn't have made him look any younger. I know. Uh, so then I was like, could they not have got a younger actor? And the actor's actually only 25. Yeah, he he, so he was probably 23 when they filmed the movie, but I mean, he looks a lot younger later on in the movie, I guess with different hairstyle or just a different look. I mean, he might have even been closer to 21 because I think this film, I mean, I don't, I know he was probably not exactly 21, but this film was supposed to be even released last year around this time at like, they just didn't because of COVID. Yeah. They were afraid it wouldn't have get, gotten enough theater, you know, money from the theater and stuff so that's one reason that i mean he could have been even even closer to his age yeah but i it's just weird how the what they made him look like because i i figured mm -hmm. which you know how it works they're, they're constantly using 35 year olds to play a 21 year old so i kind of thought that's what we were looking at and i was kind of disappointed i was like come on at least make the guy look 21 <laughs> but right Turns out he was about 21. <laughs> right. Well, 21-year-old Corey uh, gets locked in the attic by gets locked in the attic by Jeremy. And just as Jeremy's parents are coming home, Corey kicks the door open, threatening, you know, as he's threatening Jeremy's life and knocks Jeremy over a staircase railing to his death. Corey is accused of intentionally killing Jeremy, but is cleared of manslaughter. So, so what did you think about how this movie pretty much started? <laughs> so, you know, normally these slasher films open with somebody getting killed and it did, but this was brutal, man. This was, I, I got to say, this was probably the most shocking death, I guess, that I've seen probably since like Hereditary, <laughs> um, which I don't think, I don't know if you've seen that, but. Anybody that's seen that film will agree with, you know, this is probably up there with it, you know, like as far as like not really, you know, being prepared for it. So, yeah, man, I was I was in for the first scene of this movie. I have to say, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it took it. I was definitely taken back. I'm like, because, you know, like you said, it's a slasher film. So you're thinking, all right, there might be a, an early kill by Michael Myers. Uh -huh. So not only was it not Michael Myers, but it was like a kid and it was kind of, you know, more or less accidental and it was mm -hmm. just totally unexpected. Yeah. Just, the kid's body's just laying right there in the middle of the hallway as the parents come in and I'm like, wow. So it interestingly like drew me in. So I'm like, wow, where, where's this going? <laughs> yeah, dude, I was, I was, I was invested in this first scene for sure, man. It was a good opening scene for a horror film. 100%. I, I loved it. So then after the opening credits with a blue with a blue font, we get uh, three years later in the town of Haddonfield, Illinois. They're still reeling from the aftermath of Michael Myers' latest killing spree, which happened in 2018, which was, you know, a year before Jeremy's death. You know, Michael's since vanished. Laurie Strode is writing a book, her memoir, you know, having bought a new house and she's living with Allison, her granddaughter, who's now a nurse. Meanwhile, Corey is working at his stepfather's salvage yard and, you know, he gets some, uh, gets a nice little motorcycle there 
which was a nice little scene. His stepdad was seemed like he actually cared about him, which was not something you usually see, you know, like with yeah, step parents. Yeah, especially not in a horror flick. It's usually right. the other extreme. So right. we see this one pretty much taking place four years where Halloween kills, you know, ends. Mm-hmm. Uh I was definitely surprised by that. I guess I went into it thinking, you know, because Halloween Kills picks up right after Halloween. Yeah. So, of course, I guess I envisioned Halloween is Michael's best, almost repeating Halloween, too. He's on his way to the hospital <laughs> yeah. to, to take care of Lori. So, you know, we talked about the opening scene with, you know, the babysitter and the kids. So that kind of drew me back. And I'm like, I kind of like that they didn't follow what was expected right um, and we kind of you know we go forward four years and he's just you know been i guess in hiding this whole time but i don't know about you but i was i was definitely expecting it just to kind of pick up right where the last one left off yeah i mean it's 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 kind of cool so how do you think how do you think michael survived do you think he was like eating rats or do you think he was <laughs> eating dogs like in the first one you know how he was he supposedly ate a dog do you think he's like pulling dogs in the sewer and eating them? Or do you think that that homeless man was maybe giving him like some of his, you know, beanie weenies? It's funny. I actually didn't even think about that. I guess it's just Michael Myers. He just doesn't die. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe the homeless guy was, was hooking him up with some food or, or, you know, maybe he was eating animals or, or maybe he was, eating people because didn't the homeless guy say he drug other people in there i mean true yeah he could he could have been eating people for sure so on his home on his way home one day Corey is taunted by some high school bullies and injures himself uh cutting his hand in, on some glass in the process Lori sees this and takes him to the doctor's office where her granddaughter allison works allison and Corey develop a french or uh, a relationship and allison invites Corey to a halloween party and they go there and they start having fun. Corey finally loosens up and he goes to the bar to order some drinks. And who is there? Who is Jer- there? Jeremy's mama. <laughs> yeah. And she is probably the only person there not having fun. And of course, she sees Corey having fun and she's not very happy about that. So she gets in a worse mood and starts, you know, yelling and screaming and Corey decides to leave and Allison chases him out you know Corey basically tells her you know like hey you know you're not going to do this you're not going to fix me I'm broken you know leave me alone leaves gets confronted by the bullies again the bullies which what a weird group of bullies, man. The, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. The, and okay, so there was, you know, these these three people that are mean as hell. And then there's this one girl that's always telling them no. And I'm just like, why is this one girl even hanging out with these other three? Like, I don't understand. Like, these other well, three are obviously like pricks. Well, they, you, you always have the one that's a little sympathetic. Um, yeah, but she just seemed more sympathetic. Like, she wouldn't go along with it. You know, like I can see the one that's always like, hey, we're taking it too far. But it was just like, as soon as they start heckling, she's like, hey, guys, let's not do this. And it's just like, why are y'all even like, it seems like this is their MO. Like, why are you even hanging out with these people that you don't even like it at all? You know, like, (laughs) I, I, I guess for me, I was trying to picture when they're first pitching this part of the story idea. And it's like, yeah, nothing new with bullies. 
you see them when, to me it's almost overdone uh-huh. um but then it's like but wait it's going to be high school band <laughs> students mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. new <laughs> yeah. not football players you know not the macho guys you know just but see i would no, no one would suspect band players right and i mean i would actually like if they were all band members that would actually be more interesting to me but it's always like hey let's make it like one jock one band nerd (laughs) one artistic one and then one that looks like they're from the wrong side of the track and maybe has like a dangly earring and half of a shaved head and it's just like what (laughs) what are we doing like these people would never actually hang out like that um but you know it's I don't know. I guess they're just trying to be diverse, but it's funny. It's always cracking me up. Uh, some of these bully groups that they have, that they have in people. It's just never been my experience as a human that's actually lived in the real world to have a bully group that's just, it's <laughs> just always, and especially to just have one that's like, hey, let's not bully. It's just like, <laughs> what is going on here? One of the silly things about this movie. So the bully group, you know, they take it a little too far. They wind up throwing Corey over the bridge. Corey looks like he's dead. The teens, they flee. Michael Myers gets, you know, or Michael Myers drags Corey's body into a sewer pipe, which is overseen by the homeless guy that we were talking about earlier. Corey wakes up. He runs into Michael Myers in the sewer. Michael lets him live. He takes off and runs, gets out of the sewer. The homeless man starts to freak him out and Corey stabs him, kills him and takes off running and goes home where his overbearing mother is freaking out on him like she always is. And I mean, honestly, like I think his 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 mom's relationship, him and his mom's relationship might have been the scariest part of this movie. Yeah, Uh, it, It really reminded me of Psycho. You know, like that that whole vibe. Their their relationship gave me real uh Bateman. I can't think of his first name. Bates. Oh, Norman. Norman Bates. Yeah. Real Norman Bates vibes. Real Norman Bates vibes for sure between him and his mom. So Corey and Allison go on a dinner date, but Allison's ex-boyfriend, police officer Doug Mullaney, shows up and starts to hit on Allison and just pretty much just pretending like Corey's not even there until Corey says something and them two kind of get into it. And then finally, you know, Doug leaves them alone and to go off and I mean, later. How, how rude. What was it? He said to her when he realized she was with him, and I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, I can't yeah. remember now what it was, but it was like, like, I mean, I know he's supposed to be rude, but like, you like this girl. Well, yeah, and... he's, he's, I think he's supposed to be that, you know, that asshole type boyfriend anyways. Uh, and I he, mean, he plays it well, for sure. I mean, I'm like, that was like low what he said to her. I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, dude, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are the ones that always say the most messed up stuff just to keep you like on there, you know, like keep you thinking about how, keep you think keep you thinking about them no matter like if it's messed up or not at least you're thinking about them it's just like the worst kind of sociopaths um not that i've dated any (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah 
male and female they're out there so you know later on Corey kind of lures that the dude into the sewer and pretty much lets michael have at him and you know Corey is thrilled with this he's pretty much just like teach me teach me and michael kind of i guess takes him under his wing question mark (laughs) (laughs) super weird relationship there allison you know she doesn't get the promotion that she's been wanting it goes over to this other nurse who's extremely unqualified but of course she flirting with a doctor so she's gonna get the promotion you know the same old same old Corey. you know he decides that he's not gonna be okay with this so he goes and he kills the doctor as he's getting ready to sleep with said nurse and the, the nurse discovers the dead body sees Corey, and she gets locked inside the house She's running away. Corey can't get inside. Ah, she's got a phone. She's calling 911. She's safe. Just kidding. <laughs> Who comes around the corner? But Michael, who's in the house? He's done this before. It's not his first time. He knows what's going on. He was ready for this. He takes her out. So, you know, Allison, unknowing, unknowing all of this going on, she agrees to, with Corey to, to like, let's leave Haddonfield. But, you know, because of their past trauma, you know, got Lori, she's starting to get super suspicious of Corey. She's seeing, you know, some things that are familiar to her. She's not liking them one bit. Lori, she finds Corey sleeping in the spot where Jeremy died. You know, she offers, you know, to help him. But he's got to promise that, you know, he'll leave Allison alone. Corey retorts. He says, you know, he starts... Corey just starts blaming her for all of the events that have happened since since 1978 and you know says that if he can't have Allison no one will so finally on Halloween Corey returns to the sewer and successfully fights Michael for his mask and gets that back Lori and Allison are arguing as Allison's getting ready to leave and you know Allison starts blaming Lori for Michael's actions that night Corey um, gets ready to, you know, go on a murdering rampage. He kills the bullies. Uh, He, you know, accidentally kills his stepfather. And then he goes to kill his mom. And let's see, he kills his mom. He kills the DJ. Pretty much everybody that was just being like shit to him this whole movie. He took out except for, you know, the stepfather was the only one, I guess, that was good to him. And I guess that was an accident. Do you, do you think he would have killed him, or you think he would have been? I think off he limits? was. I think he would have been off limits. Okay. Um, I don't think he. I don't think he's like Michael. You know, Michael just kind of kills everybody without hesitation, for the most part. And I don't think that I don't think Corey was the same way. I don't. I think he would have. I think he was more vengeful. Yeah, I mean, his targets definitely seem more from revenge aspect. Yeah, whereas Michael's was just more of like hunting, I guess. And anybody that got in the way of his prey was just fair game. Yeah. So back at the Strode house, you know, Lori is seemingly preparing to kill herself. She's doing this just to get, you know, Corey close to her. She starts to shoot him or she, yeah, she shoots him. No, he goes down the stairs. Corey 
her and Corey get into it. And then Corey stabs himself and pretty much frames Lori for the murder in the process because Allison's just coming in the door as all of this is going on. And, you know, she's she is freaking out. Um, Michael arrives and Corey grabs his leg because he's not dead yet. Corey grabs his leg and tries to stop him because I guess he's afraid maybe that, I mean, I guess it doesn't really say, but I'm guessing that he's afraid that he's going to go after Allison. Uh, so he grabs his leg and tries to, I guess, stop Michael and Michael kills him, finishes him off there on the spot. Then Lori starts fighting Michael and they go back and forth and super intense she finally starts to pin him to the table with some knives through his hands, gets him there, throws a fridge on top of him. Seems like she has him. She gets close to him, takes off his mask and just talking shit. Michael just brutally rips his hand through the knife and grabs Lori by the throat. Lori seems like she's about to give up and die when Allison comes in and snaps Michael's arm, saving Lori. They decide to finish off Michael by slicing his wrist and letting him bleed out. They because decide, he's, he's dead, but he's not dead enough. Oh, and he's definitely not dead enough. So they round up the entire city. They all go to the salvage yard and they, in a ceremonious occasion, toss Michael into the grinder. What is that thing? Like, I guess it's just like an industrial shredder type thing. Yeah. Um, Michael is squished like a jelly bean, I guess. <laughs> a jelly bean? I don't know why it's a jelly bean. <laughs> um, he's squished and goes into the industrial grinder. Everybody goes home. Alice, or Lori finishes her memoir. And her and Allison start to reconcile. They pretend like nothing, you know, they never were going to kill each other or anything like that. She, I guess, has a romance with the deputy and the end. So, Jeff, <laughs> what do you think about this one, man? <laughs> All right. So, uh... I'll give a little few Easter eggs first. All right, um, yeah, give us some Easter eggs. So I, I picked up on some of these, you know, while watching it and some I was like, when I read it, I was like, okay, yeah, that does make sense. But uh, so there was definitely some like throwback to the original. Mm -hmm. uh, so when Michael's inside the, the doctor's house uh, and he kills the, the nurse, very similar to the original where he impales one of the victims to a wall. Yeah, I did notice kinda, that. And then just kind of stares at him. Then you also got Corey kind of re recreating the iconic image of Michael looking down from a balcony while holding a knife. Yeah. Uh, we saw that early on. And then Lori later shooting Corey, very similar to the way Dr. Loomis shot Michael. And then a couple of really neat things. Uh, of course, Corey babysitting Jeremy. Of course, the original Michael was all about the babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and then her friend as well. But Corey and Jeremy are watching The Thing, which is a classic from John Carpenter. Yep. And in the original film in 78, Lindsay Wallace was watching 1951's The Thing from Another World, which is where John Carpenter did his The Thing as a remake of that film. Yeah. 
So a lot of little connect the dots there. That's cool. The original Michael Myers actor, Nick Castle, um, actually appeared during the costume party at the bar as the flasher, uh, the costume depicting the human guts and oh, cool. that kind of stuff. So that was actually the, the guy that uh, played the original Michael Myers. Um, the one that actually noticed that he was a scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, of course, the one that really I really liked was when Lori was looking down from her home and then mm-hmm. she sees Corey standing near the bush. Yeah, that was very Halloween. And then, and then he just kind of disappears and then just kind of peers from behind her. Because yep. uh, I really like that one because that's one of the main scenes I remember from the original Halloween was just him standing there, you know, right next to the bush. Um, and then the movie ends on a series of shots of empty rooms in Lori's house, kind of similar to the way the 1978 film ended as well. So a lot of little, like, call them Easter eggs, just kind of little paying homage to to the original and some of the other films in the franchise. So that was super cool. But I did I did notice a few of those. Yeah. So I, I definitely didn't pick up on them watching the thing, that being John Carpenter and then the original. They were watching the movie that John Carpenter did a remake of with the thing. So there's a couple of them I didn't I yeah, didn't I, did, I definitely on. didn't pick up on that one for sure. So do we want to go straight into what we thought and give our ranking? Yeah, we can go into like our mm-hmm. rankings and then well first mm-hmm. we can go into our yeah, we'll go into that and then we can go into our dude our dude of the week. Yeah. All right. So I, you... I had a, I had a lot of mixed feelings about this one. Same. Positive and negative. So I like the idea that it didn't follow what I thought it was going to follow, where it picks up from where Halloween kills ends and Mike was just on his way to the hospital. And I don't know, I just felt like I felt that's probably what they were going to do. I wasn't a huge fan of Halloween kills. I thought the original Halloween, well, the Halloween in 2018, I thought was a really good relaunch or uh, kind of bringing it back to its roots. But Halloween kills to me, I guess for those people, and I know like especially a lot of the younger generation, they're all about the kills, the uniqueness of the the kills. And mm-hmm. um, so, of course, the second one, Halloween kills, had a bunch of that. My gosh, I had to be the highest kill count in any of the Halloween movies. Yeah. Um, but I will say this as far as my positives about this is the story really drew me in, you know, starting with, you know, the Corey and accidentally killing Jeremy, the little kid right off the bat. Um, they kind of go three, four years down the road. And uh, so I, there was parts of me that really liked what they were doing with Corey's character. And I even kind of like a little bit of the tag team effort. <laughs> I mean, that was a little different as, as far as, you know, Corey and Michael. Uh, so the story for sure kept me interested and engaged, no doubt. Could they have executed it a little better? Absolutely. You know, you know, we talked about the silliness with the bullies and just the way the relationship between Corey and what's the girl's name? I don't forgot. Allison. Allison. Just the way that that form didn't, I don't know, didn't seem natural or real. Um, although, I mean, I get it. Uh, I think she was attracted to him because she could relate to what he was going through. And, I mean, I guess that just, uh, that connection just a- attracted her to him. So there, there were there were a lot of things that I did like about it. So, you know, I, I read a lot of conflicting opinions, and I think I fall more on, on the, the positive side because I, I 
I, I thought it was a decent ending with the way they kind of wrapped it all up. I mean, because obviously for this to be the end or their version of the end of the franchise, you know, it has to involve Michael dying. Um, so we, we do get to see one last, you know, pretty decent showdown uh, between Michael and Lori. And kind of like you mentioned, the ceremonial, you know, the community gets involved and, you know, this is their way of finally getting rid of the evil or I guess as uh, Halloween kills mentioned, you know, evil must die tonight type deal. So I will give them props for not following the typical formula. They, they did a little bit different. I really appreciated that. I, I enjoyed the story. To me, it was kind of weird. Maybe you'll agree. The whole thing with, with Corey being involved in the killings, almost like a little tag team effort. That seems a little bit of a strange storyline to put in the movie that's supposed to be ending it all. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, we've seen this in other franchises. You kind of make that move when you're trying to pass the torch. Yeah. Um, sort of. But again, I appreciate the fact that they were trying to do something different, uh, different story. Uh, again, and to me, sometimes as long as, as you have me interested and engaged, sometimes mm -hmm. to me, that's more important than maybe the scares. Because we would probably both agree this wasn't really extremely scary. It was all about the story for sure. So having said all that, I'm still going to give it a solid 3.5. All right. Um, so we're going to do this brains. We're going to say, with I'll, I'll say brains because it's my week to pick. And I feel like brains, not only, not for the reason that you're thinking, not, and that's not a morbid reason, but okay. because he was a scarecrow and Wizard of Oz, he was looking uh, for a brain. There eh, you eh. go. Going deep. <laughs> so yeah. Out of five brains, I'll give it a good solid three and a half. Thought it was a decent fitting end. Um, and like I said, while a number of things I think they could have did better, I appreciate the uniqueness. And again, to me, half the battle is keeping me interested and engaged. And and I was I was drawn in right off the bat. Uh, so I had no problems finishing off the movie. You know, I, I, there's tons of stuff I watch where I'm just like, I just can't wait for it to be over. Mm -hmm. I mean, usually I don't, it has to be really bad for me to just flat out give out, give up on a movie before finishing it. But there's plenty of them I've watched where I'm just like, man, please, please get this over with. But I enjoyed it. So I wasn't like rushing it to be over. You know, there were some neat little kills in there, especially with the the DJ and <laughs> cutting his tongue off and it being on the, the turntable and yeah. skipping. And and because uh, even when Allison pulled up, and she was listening to that radio station. <laughs> that was pretty cool. You, you heard the skips on it uh, because of his tongue. So, so yeah, I'm interested to see uh, what you think and how different or similar we might be on this one. Okay, I think we're similar, but there's definitely things that I think probably bothered me a little bit more than they probably bothered you. The opening scene was great. That was a stroke of genius writing that I think they did well. I think it was probably the best piece of writing that they did. The rest of the movie, I'll have to, I'm going to have to say that this is probably the biggest letdown that I've had all month for sure. Probably the biggest letdown that since I've had this pod, since we started this podcast, <laughs> um, out of anything that's happened on this podcast was watching this movie. I did not like the Corey storyline at all. And I think it ruined the Allison storyline. And honestly, like like you said, with it being the end of not just like this new trilogy, but 
basically what is considered, you know, trying to be like the end of a franchise is is so why would they why would they basically focus on this new guy, you know? Okay. Yeah, like maybe Corey should have been introduced earlier. Okay, yeah. Not like, not yeah, at, not not towards the end because there's not enough time, you know. Yeah. And so okay, so hear me out. This is how this is how Halloween ends could have been actually okay, so with all that, there was just things that bothered me, like the Corey. I did not like the Corey and Michael Myers teaming up. Like there was a there was a, a scene where you see Michael Myers and Corey like doing something, and then it cuts to like Corey riding on his motorcycle with somebody like holding on to him, and you and it's Allison. But at first, you don't see that it's Allison. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if this is Michael riding on the motorcycle, I, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. But they weren't brave enough to go there. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get, knock them for it and knock them for the relationship. That will be the Wayans Brothers uh, remake <laughs> I, <laughs> for sure. I would have loved that. I would have I would have been that would have changed my whole opinion on their relationship. 100 percent. I'd have been like, so that's how he gets everywhere so fast. <laughs> he rides motorcycles. That's that explains the mechanic uniform and everything. So I didn't like their relationship. I didn't like the love story part of it. You know, love stories can happen in horror movies, and that doesn't bother me. I don't think I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, a love story can't be in a horror film. Like they don't they don't mesh, but it can be done well. This just was not a big occasion of that it happening. But that being said, I'm gonna give it two brains because i did like the lori storyline of it i like the i like the beginning of the film i like the way they ended it i like the way you know they killed michael i like the fight i like the way it ended i like the way you know her bloodline helped finish it you know with allison helping and killing that killing her and their whole storyline kind of ending but Here's how I make it a four star or better movie. Okay, hear me out. And I'm going to fix everything that I think that you and I both have wrong with this and maybe everybody else that everybody else has wrong with it. Okay, you can keep Corey, keep the opening, but instead of Corey actually becoming a killer, have Allison fall in love with him, have Lori start to turn on him a little bit, not have him actually kill anybody, get killed by the teenagers. But fi- the Michael finds the mask and starts wearing the mask, and everybody saw Corey, and so everybody's suspecting Corey this whole time. But Allison and Lori, Allison's the only one that knows that it's not Corey, but even Lori is suspecting it until she actually confronts is confronted by Michael at the end and takes the mask off and sees that it's actually Michael, and then they can have their they can have their coming together at the end. We don't have to focus on Corey and Allison this whole time. It can be focused on Allison and Lori and their troubles that they're having the whole time and whether or not they can trust each other and who believes who and who's right. We can focus on that more. We can even focus on Lori's little triangle or love life that she's having, you know, who's actually like an important character to the series. Like we get that in like, small little increments and she's the main character of the franchise you know and so i think that could have been a way to kind of keep everything 
but just just a small well i guess it's not a small tweak it would have changed pretty much the rest of the the movie but definitely for the better uh in my opinion that's how i would have fixed this movie i, I could definitely get on board with that so it kind of made me think of you were talking about you know they're thinking it's Corey, but it's actually michael and you know you can't tell the difference because they're wearing a mask mm-hmm. and i don't know if i had pointed this out in the previous week when i mentioned when i watched halloween kills but one of the things i thought was just outrageous is remember when they were mistaken that other guy that escaped the hospital or whatnot as yeah. being michael myers yeah and of course he jumps from the building and you know they're looking at him it's like you know well how can we be sure this isn't michael you know michael always wears a mask and i'm sitting here thinking to myself wait a second <laughs> he's wearing a mask but michael myers is like seven feet tall and this guy's five feet tall right like, <laughs> I mean, the mask doesn't matter their, their body styles are polar opposite exactly <laughs> so anyway i just thought that was fun but yeah uh yeah i can get on board with your storyline um uh, but yeah, I struggled with this one, you know, uh, I definitely think out of the new trilogy, the, you know, the Halloween 2018 was by far the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I probably would have easily gave that one a four. Didn't care much for Halloween ends. Um, but just like I said, to me, I, I place a lot of value on uniqueness or, or the storyline, just keeping me interested um, and I guess I was just so happy they didn't just follow the same formula and picking up with Halloween kills that I was probably a little bit more lenient with, you know, the issues I did have with the film. Yeah. Um, and while I liked them trying with the whole Corey thing about kind of what you said, it just, it seemed out of place to yeah. be the final movie. That's, that's not a type of twist that you throw in there when you're trying to finish it up, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and like I said, I can do I can deal with different and I can deal with unexpected, but when it's when it's done like this, it's just like what what was the point of that? It doesn't make sense. It's like it's it's like they gave us stuff we didn't need. And it wasn't even good stuff. You know what I mean? So like it wasn't even in my opinion enjoyable. The first scene was great and then everything in between that was pretty much just C-level material, in my opinion, you know, like, and yeah. honestly, like, if it wasn't for the strong opening, like, that opening scene and uh, the way that the whole town, you know, came together at the end and throwing Michael into, you know, basically just, like, put the whole town to rest, that was really enjoyable for me to see that and just be like, you know, like that's, that's a good way to like do it, you know, like, you know, it kind of gives Lori some closure and that was really nice, you know, to finally like see, like, not only is she like killed somebody, but like, it's like, where's the head? It disappeared, you know, and it's just like, there's no, you know, question about it. Like here he is. We, We all see him. He's right here. The police see him at the table. Nobody's missing anything. Like it's, it's unquestionable that he's, got thrown into like an industrial grinder and he's now nothing but you know liquid at the bottom of that thing so so basically you were all for the top and the bottom bun but all the meat in the middle is just yeah the <laughs> the top and the bottom bun were like the best like brioche bun that i've ever tasted in my life but 
everything in between that it was like the tomatoes were getting old the lettuce was brown the meat was cold it wasn't even like it wasn't even good meat like it wasn't even seasoned right you know like and they definitely didn't cook it well and the condiments all just tasted kind of off like there may be like one or two days past expiration date um and then for some reason there was like a little bit of peanut butter on there, you know? And <laughs> like, where did that it's go? Like, it's like, like, normally I love peanut butter, but right here, like, no, no, thank you. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. I think from here on out, we'll have to uh, use, describe it as sandwich for all our, <laughs> for all our reviews. I mean, if, if, if they're like this, then there's probably, there's probably going to be some turd sandwiches that are coming our way. But yes, 100% did not enjoy this one i probably won't rewatch it out of all of these you know it's definitely the lowest one on our list at a 2.75 average because i gave it a two you gave it a 3.5 2.75 um it puts it you know like i guess 2.5 would be our average score so it puts it right at our average so not bad i guess i could be better, but or it could be worse, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. But you know, that's the great thing about this podcast. We're not always gonna totally agree, and that's why we have an average score. Otherwise, we would just agree on a score, and that's no fun. Yep. But yeah, it was definitely disappointing. And I'm glad you actually liked it more than I thought you were gonna like it because I was like, oh man, like we've done all this good goodwill this whole month like building up jeff's like love for horror movies and he's gonna go out on this piece of shit (laughs) yeah i'm like he's not gonna like movies after this like horror movies after this so well i mean literally you at least gave it a 3.5 literally from the time i finished watching we could have had 10 different conversations between that time and like the start of this podcast and you probably would have got 10 different scores that's how I, I I probably was as low as a two at times, but it's like when I would go back, cause you know, I, I try to read all the different reviews, the positives and negative, just get everybody's perspective. And, you know, when I would read some of the positives, I was like, you know what, that, that is a lot of things I did like about it. And, you know, it, it did draw me in from the beginning and, you know, I was, I was okay staying on board for the ride. And, but yeah, but yeah, to me, the, the beginning and the way it ended I thought was very strong and luckily even with all the flaws the storyline was just enough to to guide me from the <laughs> I guess there was enough momentum <laughs> yeah. between the the beginning and ending that it, it kind of helped me push through but but yeah I about like you it was a lot of potential there yeah that's uh, the thing I think I, that's what I really think I, it's because especially with that opening scene and maybe that opening scene just ultimately was a disservice to the film because at that point i'm like oh man like where are they going with this you know like this is going to be a wild ride and i'm not going to know what to expect and i just and they just kept doing things that made me think that something more interesting was going to go on and i even expected you know because at that point Corey hadn't killed anybody when Corey had laid down his sweatshirt and his mask at the Halloween party, I thought that that was going to be the opportunity for Michael to somehow come in as, you know, dressed like Michael Myers and nobody's going to catch him because he's dressed like Michael Myers and he's going to grab the mask then. And that's when everything's going to, you know, 
he's going to take over that mask, you know, and, and kind of play that, that character. Cause like maybe, you know, like Michael's just kind of noticed him going about the town and he's kind of noticed that he can take over that persona, you know, and be, go around unnoticed more. And so that's kind of where I thought it was going to go. And so I guess from, from that point, maybe just them setting that up for some reason, like, I don't even know why they would set that up that without going that direction because they made it so noticeable that he set it down and then he picks up the sweater purposely, but leaves the mask. And I'm like, okay. And I kept waiting for something like that to happen. And it never really did. And so that was, I think I just maybe let myself down by, <laughs> by my imagination. My imagination's better than the film in this point, in this, in this instance. So yeah, I just, it, the things that I did like about it, I mean, I'll give it credit. Like I enjoyed Jamie Lee Curtis, like that whole, her whole storyline was fine. And that was the only storyline that I even enjoyed. I didn't enjoy Allison's storyline because like, I, I just don't, I don't buy any f film where the girl, I mean, like, I know it happens, but in this case with Allison's character and all that she's been through, I just don't see her falling that hard and going against her grandmother after all they've been through with with as little time as they've been together do you know what i'm saying like oh absolutely and i've always said any relationship like that whether it's horror romantic comedy whatever mm -hmm. you've got to get me to buy into it yeah i don't want to come out thinking oh they're in love because that's what the script said they had to be. Right. And I hate it when it feels like that, you know, I, yeah, I that's the way this felt. Yeah. I want to, I want to feel that connection. I want to be convinced once you get me to buy in, then I'm along for the ride as far as, you know, that love story. Uh, so yeah, I didn't. Yeah. To me, it came off a little strange while she was so into him. Um, I, I guess they thought that the whole connection there where she could relate to him because yeah, and then her being a nurse and a caregiver. I, I guess they thought that was going to be enough. And to me, it, yeah, I, I can understand that giving her interest. Yeah. But yeah, to, to like throw her life away for this guy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just, she's got to be in her mid 20s, right? I mean, she's got to be at least a little the same, extreme. <laughs> she's got to be at least the same general age as him, right? Correct. Yeah. Like at least, so I mean, it's not like she's like, I could see this if this was like a teenage romance, like if he was like, maybe 14 when he accidentally killed a kid and then now he's 18 and she's 17, you know, like I could see that playing out, but for somebody that's in their mid twenties, like I know nurse. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it happens. I know it happens. I know there's definitely even people older than I am that are in stupid relationships that are toxic and that are bad, but from what she's been through, I just don't see that character doing that and especially defying her grandmother like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that just didn't make sense to me as a character. Yeah. But love is a mini splendor thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, that, and then his whole character in general just kind of got on my nerves. And I didn't like him. I didn't like the whole mentor thing with, with Michael. That seemed like it wasn't Michael's character. Like yeah. uh, uh, Michael's never really had a friend before. Why would he start <laughs> now? You know, it's like, yeah, it, um, it was, 
it was kind of hard to interpret exactly what was going on there. Yeah. Unless there's some deeper angle that we just totally didn't pick up on. Right. Well, Halloween ends and it ends with this. And, you know, since Halloween is ending, we're going to do something a little special, just kind of like we did with Cobra Kai at the end of our run with that. We are... Did you want to do a dude or dud? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are going to do something not very special. We're going to do something <laughs> like we do every single week. We are going to give our dude or dud of the week. Uh, do you want to go first this week? We'll go. Well, you can go first this week. Who is your dude or dud of the week? All right. I doubt I've picked very many of these, but I'm going to go with a dud. And for sure, it's the I don't know his name. The lead bully, the, the the marching band guy, yeah, in high school, complete complete <laughs> dud. I mean, it's just yeah, what a jerk. Every, everything about him, it, it wasn't believable. Uh, like I said, he was a total jerk. I, I don't know. I think at this point, I've seen too many stories. I guess focusing on bullying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it just set it up perfectly for me to just be like. Come on. I mean, right. <laughs> I've had enough. This no. So yeah, he's totally my dud. What about you? Your dude or dud? Uh I'll be shocked if it's a dude on this one. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 no dudes this week. I'm gonna go with a dud of the week. Uh my dud of the week is Jeremy. You know, I don't want to say that he deserved to die because you know, he still had plenty of life to turn himself around, but what an obnoxious little kid. Um, and I mean, I know kids can be obnoxious, but you know, he was definitely giving our boy Corey there a hard time at the beginning. And, you know, any kid that locks somebody in a room like that and is just laughing about it, even as they're beating on the door, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty psychotic. I'm going to say like, if I, even if I was playing a prank on an adult, if if they were banging on the door, I wouldn't be laughing about it. I would be terrified, and I would be letting them out as soon as possible because yeah. I realized how furious they were. Um, so well, that definitely almost, wouldn't be happening. It seems like a switch went off in that kid because he started off like like a pretty nice kid, um, mm-hmm. and then it's like at some point it's just like he switched. And <laughs> right. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but that kid was a little turd. And he is definitely my dud. So it's fitting that this is the first episode we've actually had two duds on. Double duds. Uh, Break out is, the milk duds. <laughs> for sure. Milk duds would have definitely made this film better. <laughs> um, but yeah. So now we are going to hop into something uh, ending our horror movie month of the month of October. We have our top five, I guess you would say, killers? That are, you know, either leads or have been featured in horror films or horror franchises. Do you want to go back and forth or do you want to give out just like go top five and go five, four, three, three, five, four, three, two, one? Or how do you want to do this? We'll go back and forth starting with five. All right. So let me go first or? Yeah, you go first. Give us your number five. Who is your number five? I feel like I got a decent mixture, some classics and some newer stuff, but. Number five, I'm going with the classic from the 80s, Jason. Okay. Just something about the simple, sometimes just simplicity can be really scary. 
So I, I love the hockey mask look. I mean, I don't own a lot of masks, but I do own a hockey mask like Jason. Uh, just something about it. You know, I grew up in the 80s. So, yeah, number five is Jason. All right. So my number five is also from a similar era, but just I think a little bit later, my man, Freddy Krueger. Okay, uh, yeah. He definitely, I guess, probably pioneered horror comedy um which i've always found you know super like one of my favorite i guess side sides or sub genres of horror is like a horror comedy you know like i always enjoy you know comedy with a horror element or horror with a you know a comedy element it's definitely like up there and freddie didn't start out that way uh, kind of he kind of went in that way you know with his one-liners and you know you know like welcome to hell bitch you know <laughs> like, you know like the that type of freddy you know that we've we've kind of come to like know um but but not just that he just the fact that he can come into your dreams you know like that's terrifying that's absolutely just the thought of that is a terrifying concept and the fact that he's you know, not even going after the people that wronged him, but the people's kids, you know, that's just so evil and twisted. And for that, he is my number five. Solid uh, choice. And it, it, that actually reminds me that, uh, you know, of course, I've probably mentioned before, uh, like my wife absolutely hates anything dealing with scary. She hates scary movies. Mm -hmm. she, she doesn't like Halloween. She doesn't like to be scared or pranks you know whatever and used to earlier in our marriage <laughs> i would i could just start by going one two <laughs> yeah jeffrey <laughs> <laughs> but after years of learning how good her right hook is i, I kind of quit doing that but but yeah sometimes <laughs> i would just break that out or i might even do like the noise from from signs you know that oh yeah it probably won't come through on the podcast good. Plus my mouth's really dry, but uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, I'll jump into my number four. Um, number four, another classic. I'm going to go from the seventies. Actually, I'm going to go with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. uh, I just, I just found well, that really face. just again, the sim the sim the simple mask. Um, mm. Of course, this dude's willing to chainsaw, so a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I just, uh, I loved it. Uh, spooky, scary, freaky, all of it. I don't um, know if his mask would be considered simple. I mean, it was made from human flesh. Well, I mean, intense. Yeah. And we don't even know if it's made from the same person. So, I mean, <laughs> that's some, and he, I mean, he sews it together. That's pretty complex, I have to say. <laughs> So, so maybe the wrong term of use of simple there, but <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what about your number four? Um, my number four is going to be one that is kind of probably like, I guess you would consider like an outlier from the rest. Um, it's going to be Sadaku Yamamura or Samara in the United States remake. And that is probably... I guess in layman's terms would be the the girl from the ring franchise. I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the ring or Ringu, the original I, film. 
but I, I'm pretty sure I saw the ring and I don't think I cared a lot for it. So I yeah, so I didn't like, see any other thing other things in the franchise. But I mean that came out whenever I was younger and you know I'm I'm a big into slasher films, but I think this one probably changed what I thought of as far as like supernatural stuff being scary. This one changed the game uh for me because this one made ghost terrifying and made it my number one thing that i was probably scared of at that moment like i was never terrified of slashers or even as you know scared of the thought of freddy being like i was never terrified of you know my nightmares or anything like that like or freddy killing me or anything um i probably had bad dreams here and there but it was never like i never had night terrors um thank god but but with her, uh, it was just, and, and she just, she was everywhere for so long. And even now, just if you see a girl with like a long white dress and like long black hair covering her face, that's, everyone knows who that is. And I think us as like a culture, we haven't had very many things that have came out that us as like, I guess, even a, probably the whole world you know, can recognize as a horror icon and everybody instantly recognize it. And even if you're not familiar with the film, you would know that character, you know, um, even though you don't know her name, she's been pretty important to horror the past, you know, 20 years or so. Um, so yes, yeah, that's my number four. All right. Well, my number three Probably doesn't completely fit the mold because this one wasn't like the main featured um, like villain or scary character or whatnot. But probably because we watched this recently and I loved it so much. But Harold the Scarecrow. All right. Uh, again, he was just one of what three or four or five. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, he only I had like you know short five ten minutes of fame there. But again, because I love the movie and to me, he was my favorite scary character in the movie. Uh, And just, man, the kind that, you know, I don't usually get bad dreams from watching these kind of movies, but he's probably one that I could, you know, if he'd probably be a prime suspect to to start that with me. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going with Harold. What's your number three? My number three is Jigsaw from the oh, Saw okay. films. Uh, this is another one that changed the game for me. Um, just the thought of, I mean, even though I'm not really big into body horror, just the thought of, you know, having these people in their traps and him not necessarily killing them, but giving them, quote unquote, a chance to live. And the first time I watched Saw, I was in the theater. I didn't know about the twist. I just heard that it was a good movie and that, you know, it's really scary and creepy and it's not like anything anybody had ever seen. And I'm in high school and me and some friends, we go and watch it. Um, we had to drive like to an extra like 30 minutes to another city because the ones weren't showing it. So, I mean, you know, like this list is very personal to me, obviously. And i I feel like, you know, obviously yours is very personal to you, but this one, so much of like in the Saw films 
continued to be good, you know, in my opinion, there was definitely some films that weren't as good, but the twists, they always, you know, were pretty well written most of the time. They always had a, a really good way of like bringing back characters involving, you know, interweaving storylines, interweaving films. I always enjoyed it. Uh, and like I said, it was just, it was one of those that came out at the perfect time in my life that I've just been able to stay in touch with because it's just always kept my interest. And even though it's not something I typically go for, because I typically, even some of the stuff that happens in the Saw films, like I'm just like, oh, and I can barely watch them because they're just too much for me. And I'm just like, oh, I can't watch some things, you know, like stuff involving like teeth or eyeballs or fingernails or things like that. They're just too much for me. But I do love the Saw films and the storylines and even the traps are just super inventive most of the time. So that is my number three. What's your number two, my friends? Yeah, we're, we're definitely very similar on the whole Saw thing. Um, I, I'm not real big into like gore or like you said, the, the body horror type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember watching like the original Saw and I was like, wow i yeah i really really liked it like you said just the interesting scenarios that were created and it was it was so different um that you know i kind of you know didn't mind all the kind of the gore that came with it if i had to you know turn my head for parts uh but i don't know for me i just i don't know if just the gore eventually just got to me but i tried saw two and saw three and i i gave up at that point because i just i didn't enjoy those and I don't know how many they made, but I know I quit trying after the third one. But yeah, definitely the original um, could easily be in my top 10 movies uh, as far as that genre. Yeah, for sure. So my number, see, I'm on number two now. I'm going to go with Ghostface from Scream. Okay. So probably not considered for most people like the scariest of characters, but uh, for me, it was meaningful because, you know, product of the 80s. So, of course, you know, Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy Krueger and all them. Then, then for me personally, there was kind of a lull there where I don't remember really watching a lot of scary movies or really liking very many for, you know, maybe a five, 10 year period there. And then this movie came out and, oh, man, I fell in love with it. Um, but, you know, the character itself, I mean, he's still plenty scary, um, you know, just a very basic mask obviously but just i mean that that mask is probably one of the most popular masks uh in the halloween market still today yeah uh so yeah love the movie love the character uh just the mix of humor and and uh horror there and it's funny because when you were talking about how the opening scene of halloween ends started off so strong and it just kind of takes you back, kind of puts you in a shock factor, but then, you know, kind of quickly uh, loses steam. I immediately thought of Scream because I'm like, that was a movie that shook you right off the bat with the shocking opening scene, but they didn't lose steam. I right. mean, they, they kept right. going and, and made an incredible film for start to finish, which is, you know, like we mentioned, I, I feel like Halloween Ends had that potential with the way it started, but then they weren't able to kind of continue the momentum, but so yeah, for me, it's uh, Mr. Ghostface. Who's your number two. All right. Number two, we definitely talked about this. 
And here's where the spoiler comes in. My number two is Mr. Charles Lee Ray himself, Chucky, the good guy doll. Man, this, this, you can't get much more personal. This, this one is, like I've said before, this was my introduction to horror films. This was the first horror film that I watched, you know, for, I guess, adults. This was the one that I've seen. The, like I saw the first one, like f- start to finish my introduction. I've watched them my whole life. They've been making them my whole life. I've watched all of them. I've seen at least one of them every year that I've been alive. I love Chucky. I love Charles Lee Ray, the, the killer. He's just gone from serious to silly to very silly to scary again to the new series is great and i've heard that they've come up with us they're coming out with a second season so i'm super stoked about that it's just it's great man um brad durf does a great job voicing him he it, yeah man it's it's great i love how they've been able to keep you know the same actor voicing him the whole time so that's great it's it's just in the same uh Mancini, I think he's been involved with most of, if not all of the writing in every film. So it's been great that, you know, basically the whole, the same team has been involved, even though it's gone from like different companies and different, you know, film productions and stuff like that. It's, it's still been the same core people involved with it it, in some aspect. So it's been pretty cool. Um, so that is my number two. What's your number one, man? I'm, I'm ready to hear it. Let's hear it. All right. Probably no surprise, but like very much you mentioned how, you know, Chucky just had such a, a personal connection with you. My number one is similar, but it is Michael Myers. Okay. I don't know if it was the very first horror flick I saw, but it's definitely the first one I remember. And the first one I remember really, uh, like just really being drawn to. Uh, you know, because you have plenty of Jason fans, plenty of Freddy fans, but I don't know what it was about Michael Myers, but man, I just, I enjoyed that original movie and even the second one so much and just his character. I don't know if it's because to me, the most scary things are the ones that can be the most realistic. And obviously if you look at all the Halloween sequels and stuff, yeah, I mean, he's, he survives way more than he should have. But when you look at the original movie and it's basically just, you know, messed up kid turns into a stalker and uh, I don't know, it just seems so real and so possible in, in a lot of ways that to me that that tends to be more scary than, you know, like maybe a Freddy Krueger or, or, you know, even, you know, Jason to an extent, uh, you know, wasn't near as realistic to me, but, but yeah, it's definitely Michael Myers, no doubt for me. Well, Jeff, I have a surprise for you. I didn't share this with you, but I had a, I had a feeling that when you told me about this list, that he was going to be your number one, or at least be on your list somewhere. So I have a special guest here. Uh, Why don't you come on in? All right, here he is, everybody, the shape himself, Mr. Michael Myers. Michael, how do you feel about, you know, your latest installment? 
Okay. That's I I, I kind of feel you. I, I feel you. Uh, I think it could have went that direction too, but you know, it's 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 here. It seems like it's doing well financially. Um, so I mean, that's got to be making you quite a bit of money, huh? All right. Um, so I know you're, I know you're busy. Halloween's coming up, so I'm not going to keep you too long. How do you feel about Jeff honoring you as his favorite? I, I agree. I agree. Well, man, I don't want to keep you any longer. Thank you so much for stopping by. It has been great. Jeff, do you want to say anything to Michael before he has to head out? Oh my gosh, Michael, I'm your biggest fan. I love you. You're the greatest. I'm not sure how Parker reached into our budget to pull this off and bring you in this is the best halloween of my life <laughs> that was amazing wow man that, that was i was honestly like that one took a lot of donations um that pretty much took all of our patreon <laughs> everything that we've made on patreon so far we just spent it on that so everybody that's donated thank you um you made this happen uh, not me i almost feel guilty I, I feel like i need to go find a weird my buddy doll or something it might look like <laughs> i look like chucky or something well well okay so i i i didn't want to like upstage myself and i probably did but my number one uh is ghostface which is actually the only one and i kind of had a feeling it would be the only one that we would have overlap on our list um it was the only one that i was 100% sure we would overlap the rest, which I mean, I'm surprised we didn't have any more overlaps, oh, yeah. but definitely new Ghostface. Um, and the reasons I love Ghostface, there's just so many. Um, this is my slasher film. You know, we as when I was growing up, all of the slasher films that that I was watching were they were they had already been put out so many sequels, so you didn't even see the originals usually as the first ones you already you'd already seen like the silly sequels with you know of halloween of jason of even you know chucky you know we 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 didn't get the original introduction to these so for me i was 10 when scream came out so i was you know where i was liking my slasher films and i was into them so I was super stoked on this and I saw the commercials. I didn't see it when it came out. So as soon as it came out on, you know, VHS, I remember renting it, you know, running home and watching it back when that was a thing. And I loved it. You know, I loved the original. I didn't even get a lot of the, you know, the smartness of it, I guess, the intelligence of it until I got older. And as I got older, I realized more and more you know, as I loved horror and fell in love with more and more horror and learned more about it. It just, the, the films themselves got better and better. And the reason that, that Ghostface is my number one, because not only is it my generation's, I guess, slasher, um, but Ghostface itself has always been so interesting to me because as a slasher, you never know who Ghostface is. Like, even though you notice the the killer as a killer, you you know, you've always known like, okay, well, Chucky is Chucky. You know, Freddy Krueger is Freddy Krueger. Michael Myers is Michael Myers. But you never know. So it always has that extra element of, of you know, uneasiness to the films because, you know, the best, 
the boyfriend could be the killer, you know, the mom could be the killer, the the next door neighbor could be the killer, you know, you never know, it could be it could be the security guard, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it adds that extra element of like, of mystery to the film that I mm -hmm. just love so much. And you can't do that without having a great killer such as Ghostface and, you know, the voice, the quizzing them being more than one killer like all of these things are just so iconic and i love like all the things that make ghostface killer my number one because yeah i love it and matthew lillard's performance in screen might be my favorite performance ever in any horror flick oh for sure I especially mean, like at the end when i mean like just like honestly just the dynamic of of those two characters like i don't know i could go back and forth and we could probably spend a whole podcast just talking about those two characters because what they represented i guess at the time and what eventually happened with in the in just society at that time is just a lot of weird things and just crazy um but yeah and and Great. i don't know how long I watched Riverdale thinking, why does Jughead's dad look so <laughs> familiar until I realized he was in Scream. He was like the one of the main killers. <laughs> I was yep. like, oh my gosh, I, I did I did, can't believe it took me that long to realize. I know I was so bummed when he left Riverdale, man. <laughs> so bummed. Yeah. Um well since, honestly, that was probably like when it went downhill for me. Yeah, for sure. But well, well, since the movie itself was was such a bummer, especially for you, uh, maybe we can lighten the mood a little bit. And uh, we normally do this at the beginning. Uh, of course, you're the editor, so you could probably put it back towards the beginning if you want. Uh, but our kind of off-topic, off-script, uh, you know, we, we dug deep into the whole idea of cereal or milk first. And I felt like our our, our friendship survived that one pretty well. Um, but I, I got another question and it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty big one. Um, it's, it's pretty personal. Uh, it's, it's one of those questions that everybody always wonders, but they rarely ask. And I, I think it's time that we tackle this one and, um, and, and see if it just strengthens our, our, our bond and our friendship. But I'm sure all the listeners want to know, but is it boxers or briefs? Boxer briefs. Boxer briefs? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yo. Um, I, I mean, I can't do briefs. I can't do briefs at all. Um, they're just too tight. They're too restrictive. But I like the I like the security that boxer briefs give me. All right. So you ready for mine? Let's hear it. Boxer briefs. All right. <laughs> well, there we go. So, so, I mean, you know, for me, I started off in briefs, probably like most young boys, especially young boys in my generation. Uh, but then as that kind of hit the high school age, like boxers became really popular. Like you weren't cool unless you were wearing boxers. Yep. Uh, of course, you were totally uncool or a nerd or whatever if you were still wearing briefs. Especially so, the whitey tidies. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like you, I just found briefs uncomfortable. But then I didn't like boxers either because there was like zero support. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I can't remember if I just tried boxer briefs or I heard someone talk about them. And, and you I saw went, Michael, you saw Michael Jordan in them hang commercials. Don't lie. <laughs> Who knows? I don't remember. But uh, now I will admit when I first tried boxer briefs, I didn't like it because I wasn't used to it going down like to my thigh area. Mm-hmm. That just felt weird at first. Uh, but yeah, after a while, I'm like, man, you get the supporter briefs and the comfort of boxers. Yeah. You put them together. And man, there's no going back after that. I agree. So, I agree 100%. If you're not wearing boxer race, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. Come on, guys. Just yeah, get with it. To be, quit trying to be macho and do the whole boxer thing. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just disgusting. Although I could see like if, uh, if I had like a, a pair of briefs that maybe had just like a more pouch in the front, <laughs> it could probably be pretty comfortable, but <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. It's they're definitely too restrictive, um, especially for like my build. I guess they just never fit fit right. So I, I have a question: when okay. you were when you were younger and you were wearing your um, your briefs, did you have the ones with cartoon characters on them? Did you have the like He Man underboobs? I, I I feel sure I did. Uh, cause like every kid did back then. Um, but then yeah, it eventually. It eventually went to the straight whitey tidies, but then at some point I remember, you know, getting a little bit more edgier and I had colored, you know, briefs. See, I was never that cool as a kid. Yeah. I went from the I went from like the the Ninja Turtle underwear with like the red waistband and getting going from those to the uh whitey tidies to boxers. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean I still have boxers now because like if I'm just like laying around my house. I will tend to wear those as like more of a comfort thing. But like if I'm if I'm working and I'm moving around or I'm being like athletic whatsoever, absolutely 100 percent boxer breeze uh, for reasons that you probably don't even have to imagine. Well, since you're the editor, I mean, you can choose whether to leave this at the end, but maybe you should go back and put some clickbait at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to keep the juicy stuff for the end. Uh, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep this for the people. This is this is the juicy parts for the people that that that, that hang out this long. Yeah, this, um, this, can, this can be our way of letting people know, hey, you're missing out if you're not listening to the end. Yeah, you're like, missing like two special, or I guess three special guests. You know, Michael well, Myers, and then. Our two packages. <laughs> <laughs> Brief and, mentions. It's like you had mentioned the pouch thing. And I've, I've, I've either seen them advertised or maybe even Steph showed it to me. But there's some kind where it's like the front is the pouch is almost they uh, like advertise it like as a hammock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to. <laughs> I think I need those. Yeah. I, was like, I don't know. But yeah. Anyway. So I'll report back on those. It, it shouldn't be surprising that. Although we're different in many ways, we do have some vast similarities, and I guess our boxer briefs is another one of them. Well, I'm glad that our disagreements end at underwear. There you go. And, and if I find some some Heat Man boxer briefs, uh, you'll be the first that comes to mind. No, I want the uh, I want the original ones. Like if I want I want like full grown men, like briefs that are that are themed. Uh, he-Man, these are acceptable. He-Man, Ninja Turtles, um, Power Rangers, you know, that kind of theme all accepted. Um, nothing current, 
children. It has to be something from the eighties or nineties. Otherwise, they ain't, I ain't getting they ain't getting put on this guy. Well, um, for me, it would have to either be the Minions, <laughs> uh, Toy Story, or maybe the Lion King. So there, there's right. my. So hey, if any of our listeners want to send us Christmas gifts, there you got some ideas for some. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that concludes our horror movie month this month. It's been great. Um, next month, our theme. Well, I guess, I guess before we close out this month, let me let me ask, uh, let me ask Jeff. Jeff, to conclude our, I guess, goal for the month, our side mission, if you will. Um, was our was trying to get you to love horror movies again and and have we have we at least pushed you in that direction i would say in in its own little way it has been somewhat successful you know i definitely had hit a stretch to where i don't know i I had enough disappointments i guess Mm -hmm. since like scream and i know what you did last summer or signs um that I just I wasn't even given anything in that genre really even a, a glance or even much thought I mean it would have had to have been something like a new Halloween to even draw me in just because of my love for the originals but like especially seeing a couple of these I was like you know what I, I think there's still something in me that can enjoy these movies so I'll definitely be more inclined to to give those a you know that genre a harder look when i'm choosing what to watch all right well dude i'm glad because i mean it's like i said it's one of my favorite genres so you know anytime i can get one of my friends you know especially like one that's already not only like been in love with it before but fallen out of it in love again like that just breaks my heart so the fact that i can get you like going in that direction again just fills my heart with Nothing but, I guess, other people's blood. (laughs) 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 Because, yeah, it fits the theme. Um, So now that we have successfully completed this mission, we can move on to our our next uh, theme for next month. And it, you know, we're going to kind of do something a little bit more interesting. We're going to make it November, our two dudes month. And that's basically any film that, you know, covers two dudes being the main character and it focusing on their friendship you know sexism be damned we you know it could be any kind of friendship it does not necessarily have to even be two humans um so we went to our facebook group where we polled all of our members and the winner for the view or for the listener's choice this month is the boondock saints which was picked by charlie horton and it got the most votes so that's the one we will be watching it you can find that on amazon prime i'm familiar with this movie this came out whenever i was in high school but i don't think i watched it till i was college this is definitely nothing but a college movie which is hilarious because that's where i know the guy who recommended this from (laughs) so it's kind of i don't i'm sure Charlie and I watched this movie together during the time frame that it came, that that I'm familiar with this film. I probably haven't watched it in a good 15 years. 
So it's going to be really interesting to go back and watch this one again because I've heard that a lot of people haven't really been too keen on it, you know, upon rewatching it the past couple of years. So it'll be really interesting to go back and watch it again and see how much I enjoy it as a full grown male that's not, you know, drunk and high on a couch that somebody picked up off of the side of the road. Um, we'll see how we'll see how my how much I like it now. But I don't think you've seen this one at all, have you? I have not at all. I, I don't even I know I've heard of it, but mm -hmm. I know nothing about it so all right um so does that make next month brovember i guess it well i don't want to call it brovember we'll call it dude vember we'll call it dude vember that that feels more fitting because bro i feel like can leave out some some other sexes that i don't want to necessarily pigeonhole dudes into being necessarily males uh because i very much <laughs> call all of my female friends dudes so i don't want anybody to think that this is strictly male male driven um even though you and i are both males and that's our perspective on the world uh i definitely don't want to anybody to feel excluded from the conversation <laughs> so um well in all fairness i refer to my wife and, and other women in my life as bro <laughs> like, uh, i mean there you go i guess like it was just a new dude or a, like like bro you mad or <laughs> so, <laughs> i use that all the time towards women <laughs> okay well there you go um so yes, yeah, so the next week we will be watching the boondog saints if you want to join us for that that would be great and i'm excited to watch it again jeff it's been great this week i had this one i had fun this week with you my friend thank you so much for doing this with me and thank you for this month it's been a blast i've had so much fun watching these yeah it's definitely been a you know good change of pace from you know you know doing cobra kai for for several weeks and so it was fun doing screaming with two dudes uh for an entire month so yeah i'm you know, we close this chapter and ready for the next one and I uh, look forward to what, what all that brings. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks everybody. And I guess we'll catch you next week. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate review and subscribe five stars and a review no matter what it says, really do help these dudes out on the charts. If you have a thought or idea about what we're watching, please email us at streamingwithtwodudes at gmail.com or request to join the Streaming With Two Dudes Facebook group. Links to our Patreon and our socials are in the show notes. Thanks again, and remember, don't introduce your granddaughter to anybody that's ever killed a child.